Texas 512 is part of the Texas Podcast Network, the conversations changing the world. Brought to you by the University of Texas at Austin. The opinions expressed in this podcast represent the views of the host and not the University of Texas at Austin. This is Sam Torres, Texas Longhorn fan, native Austinite, admissions counselor, and your host with the most. And this is Texas 512. Well, hello. Welcome to another episode of Texas 512. This one's going to be very, very different from what we've done before. So today is is interesting because technically we don't have like a guest from outside of the podcast today. If anything, I guess I'm technically a guest today, but also with me, you have probably heard me name drop her quite a bit through the last couple of episodes. Anytime that, you know, I'm interviewing a guest and I'm like talking about some, uh, some, you know, weird stuff. Stuff like what have they been streaming or what what Disney princess would they be that that is all the creative mind of Jessica Thomas our producer who is actually on now she's been in most of these episodes but she's just been quiet just making sure that everything's going on going well but Jess how about I stop gushing over and you know just allow you to introduce yourself to the audience hey y'all well Sam thank you so much for having me here today it does feel a little strange to be on this side of the podcast because as Sam said I'm usually a little bit more in the background uh, but we thought that we'd have an episode today with the two of us together kind of talk to you guys about how we do it and making the podcast and what we do here on Texas 512 Uh, but I guess I'm rambling too I think I get that from Sam you guys but I'll I'll give myself a little bit more of a formal introduction my name is Jessica Thomas as Sam did say I am not only the producer for Texas 512 but I am an admissions counselor as well that's actually how Sam and I kind of started with each other is being on that side of the desk and then kind of came together for this project. So I always love working with Sam. Super excited to get to be here with you guys today and just, you know, talk to you a little bit about the podcast and also for you guys to get to know kind of our personalities for Sam and I together. A hundred percent. This kind of spurred from our presentation at this conference. So for those that maybe aren't familiar with with the, the conference that I'm referring to, this is the Texas Association of College Admissions Counseling. This is basically just a huge conference where a bunch of us get together from different schools and we learn how to do our jobs a little bit better better and, and everybody presents different seminars and and things that they feel like they're they're they have a pretty good grasp on um, and they share that that information with others and so we we thought it would be an awesome idea to do one on the podcast because we feel like maybe not a whole lot of people are doing things like this I'm sure there are other university podcasts out there but you know we're we were only familiar with our own and so we thought we'd share that information and I think we got pretty good you know feedback on that whenever we did it and so we figured it'd be a good idea to kind of do something a little bit more we'll just put it in podcast format and allow other people to listen to it as well so if you're a prospective student maybe this doesn't interest you unless for whatever reason you're like actually yeah i am kind of curious to see how they do it stick around uh but especially if you're a a higher education professional and you maybe want to start your own admissions podcast or or whatever kind of podcast you want to start um this may be a good episode for you to listen into and again if you're just curious to know how we do things but you know as usual we're still keeping the same format that we usually do with texas 512 we're going to have a little bit of an icebreaker segment here in just a bit and this one's going to be a little bit different than what we usually do so don't go away we will be right back
All right, and we are back. So, since we're both kind of like interviewing each other, and this isn't one of our traditional interviews, we're kind of going to take turns just asking each other questions. Jess, how about I just let you go ahead and go first? <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm kind of nervous for your question, Sam. Um, I definitely have heard you drop quite a few times in our podcast that I give some interesting fun and sometimes hard questions. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so I'm a little bit nervous for the questions that you have for me. But of course, with all of our listeners, if you're tuning in today for you know the second time or maybe multiple times, you've probably heard Sam mention that he has a favorite show that is above all of them. Um, it's the one he always turns to, and that is Love Island. So Sam, I have to ask you, because I know we we talk about it and we say, you know, Love Island here and there when we drop it in, but why? What is it that you love so much about Love Island? What is up with Love Island? There's there's so many different reasons. I just, I think I'm just prone to liking garbage reality TV. As a kid, I always kind of like watched reality TV shows without even knowing what they really were. I've just kind of get entranced by it, but but... I guess let me name a couple of things. So number one, I'm a hopeless romantic. I love love songs. I love cheesy rom-coms. Like, you know, whenever people say chick flicks, I'm like, why does it just have to be for the chicks? Like, I love those. You know, I'm not going to lie, you know. And so obviously a show already that has to do with like dating and finding love, like... I'm into that. Um, granted, I will say that people have been trying to get me to go on like and, and watch The Bachelor, but that one just doesn't like pull my attention as much. And I think it's just like the whole concept of it being one person and then like ten, however many people like going for one person um, versus Love Island is just a free for all, right? Like they they initially start off by bringing in five guys five girls everybody's got someone and then they bring in their first bombshell right makes things uneven right and they're consistently bringing in people so that's one again one reason is just uh, uh, i like trash reality tv i'm a hopeless romantic and third the first time that i watched love island was actually the the british version and without trying to sound offensive <laughs> I just love their accents um, and they're like the little things that they have to say. Like I'm trying to think of one that's like appropriate, like, like whenever somebody's excited, they'll be like, I'm all gassed up, you know, something like that. And I, I really hope that like a British person isn't listening to this and they're like, you messed that up, mate. <laughs> like, so I'm just going to spare everybody from me. I like how you, you went from British to that last part. That was definitely Australian. Was it really? <laughs> I have I'm a really sure that bad. Is is Australian? Like, no, I think I think they both say it. Like they have a different way of saying. But you know what? I'm not. Again, I'm not going to speak on behalf of British people. But I'm pretty sure I've heard them say "mate" before, or like "bruv." It, it, it also just depends on their. Because you know how, like, I think sometimes we don't realize, like, the fact that, like, us as Americans, like, we have accents. Right. And it depends on what part of the U.S. like we were raised in, like obviously like more of the New England folks have like a different accent than than what a Texas person does. And even other southern states have different accents than than what you would hear from Texas. Right. And it's the same thing over there. It's so it's so like entertaining to hear that whenever they'll be like, I'm from Newcastle or you'll ha hear somebody from like Manchester and they have something like a completely different accent. And it's just like, whoa. But I guess that's just, you know, me showing my, my American-ness right now. But that's why I love Love Island. And not, not only that, but I will admit that I did get the interest from it from podcasts that I listened to. I won't 
well, well, if anybody's familiar with Cody Ko and Noel Miller, like TMG, that's that's where I got that from. So, yeah, that's me. Okay, Jess. Now, now I throw it back to you. So you shouldn't be. I, I think I made mine pretty easy. And I will say that it's been a long time since I've had to come up with questions because back whenever we first started the podcast, I didn't have Jess as my producer. She was just my, my colleague in, in the office of admissions. And a lot has changed since then. And, and now I have the blessing of getting to work with her. And she makes my life so much easier because <laughs> my creative juices can only go for so long. But but obviously, I thought that this one was, was pretty easy. So you and I kind of share the love for the same kind of music. And this was like one of the first things that I asked you whenever I first met you and you started working with us. And I, I love country music and there's not really anybody else in this office that I think has the same amount of love that for country music as I do, uh, that I've met at least, except for, for you, maybe, maybe possibly, maybe you still don't love it as much as I do, but, but I feel like you're definitely like you, you know, like if I were to play a song, like you'd know the song. And so I wanted to ask you, I don't know how much you're keeping up with current country, but off the top of your head, what's your favorite country song right now? Oh, man, that's so hard, especially right, yeah. not being in Texas as much anymore. <laughs> and I have a, a husband who <laughs> that's tough. That's does rough. not like country music. I'm trying to convert him. I'm trying to convert him over. Oh, you know, I don't know if I have a favorite song right now, but I do have a favorite artist right now. I'll take that. Uh, Thomas Rhett that. is my favorite artist right now. Are you just uh, saying that to like... <laughs> to to butter you up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Thomas Rhett. When you went to the Thomas Rhett concert, I was very jealous. Super sad I didn't get an invite to that. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I'm pretty sure that I was in Orlando at the time that she went. So, you know, I guess it, it wouldn't have worked out anyways. But yeah, Thomas Red is my favorite right now. He's actually the last country artist that I saw in concert. I was in Minot, North Dakota when I saw him in concert. And I know everyone on here probably like, where the heck is that? Never been to North Dakota. Let me tell you, there's nothing in North Dakota, but shout out to my girlfriends that live up there. I don't know how you guys do it, <laughs> especially with the cold weather. Can't, can't survive that. But Thomas Rhett is definitely my favorite country artist. I think he has a good mix of like still bringing in that traditional, you know, kind of country and the twang, but also he is a little bit more of the modern, you know, a little bit more of the pop. So he does put on good concerts. I know you love yourself a good country concert. And that's so funny because Sam going into this, this next question that I have for you, it, it's about country music. <laughs> <laughs> Because we all know that Sam loves country music. So coming off of kind of you asking me who my favorite is, I guess this kind of is a little bit similar, except that I want to know if you could only listen to one country artist for the rest of your life, you could only go to one concert with that person. No opening acts, you know, no pre-shows, no post-shows, just that person. Who would it be? Who'd you pick? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Thomas Rhett. <laughs> Thomas Rhett. No, because Jess, I swear I've said this before on the, and I don't know if I've said it to you off the air, or I feel like I've said it on the podcast a couple times that Thomas Rhett is my favorite country artist of all time. And so, in fact, before I started listening to country music, I was more into like pop as well as like rap and hip hop. But but my favorite artist of all time, like period, was Justin Timberlake for like the longest time. Like I was a Justin Timberlake stan. And but then I started getting more into country music. And the reason 
reason I got into country music as much as I did is because I heard Thomas Rhett a couple times at like this dance hall that I would go to. Like, I think one of the first songs that I heard of his was Crash and Burn. And then after that, I was just like, oh, who is this guy? And then I heard Make Me Wanna, which is like one of my favorite songs of all time. And then from there, I was just like, okay, who is this guy? And he had just put out Life Changes, which to me, that seems like that was last year, but that was actually a long time ago because I was still in college when he put out Life Changes. And I listened to that whole album. And so then I was just like, okay, now I need to catch up. So then I went and listened to his other two albums that he had put out. And since then, he's already released like three other albums, which I've been keeping up with. So I've been to Thomas Rhett concert before, as you had mentioned, you know, North Carolina. And it was like one of the best shows that I have ever been to. I was like in the pit. I'm going again in September, as you probably remember that conversation, me be, be impulse buying tickets. And it's going to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which by the way, you can come if you want, <laughs> but it's just letting you know. And, and I, <laughs> I, I was going to say, I'm afraid to get docs, but I'm like, who's going to listen to this and then go meet me at that concert? I, I doubt it. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. So I'm going again and and he's a great performer. And so, I mean, Thomas, I can never get tired of his music. Um, a close second to that would probably be John Party because I did. I saw him in concert and, and he was he was a great performer. It was He's a great singer, too. I think people underestimate his voice. So like, I know I definitely did, but actually seeing him live, that it's crazy. So Thomas Rhett, for sure. That's funny that we both kind of ended up. Let it same. be known that I finally got an invite. I'm going to, our audience, let it be known. Sam, you have to tell them though, like what you do when you go to a concert. You get there real early. You don't drink any water. You stand at the front. <laughs> Nothing. No liquids. I, I eat like hours before, make sure that I go to the bathroom. I get there super early and then I go and stand in my spot and I do not move. Um, that, that is only if I ever have like a, a pit ticket, if it's, if it's seats, obviously it doesn't matter, but, but I, I get there early enough and I even skipped the merch booth. Like I, I went straight past that and I went straight to the, to the GA pit to make sure that I got a good spot. And then I got merch afterwards, which, which there was very slim pickings, but, but I still managed to get a shirt. So but yeah, I'm dedicated. Speaking of that, I think our questions are kind of segueing really well into each other. Uh, I was just going to ask, you know, for, for those that don't know, for admissions professionals, well, it depends on what school you work for. But for us, I know for sure things kind of start to, to slow down a little bit over the summer. Obviously, we're still working. We're still doing things. But, but it's not as high of a frequency as it is in the fall and some parts of the spring. So I was going to see if you had any plans for the summer that you're excited about. Yeah, you know, I actually have a couple plans for the summer. Um, I feel like my summer kind of already started-ish. Um, this past weekend, I went to Georgia to see my best friend. Obviously, both met in Texas when we were together in Texas. And then she and her boyfriend moved out to Georgia. So I went to go see them this weekend. And, you know, she's that kind of friend where you don't see her for a while and then you get back together and it's like nothing's ever changed and you guys are never separated. And she's that friend who at, you know, my wedding, she was crying and I was crying when she was trying to give a toast. And nobody else understood us except for each other. So that's all that matters, right? You know, um, I'm trying to convince my husband to go back to Disney this summer. I don't know if it's going to work because he said I just went and I told him, no, I didn't. I went in <laughs> October and I went in December. That was five months ago. I did not just go. <laughs> I a quarter every quarter each year. That's when I want to go. So four times a year. And he thinks I'm crazy and I'm ridiculous, but 
you know, and he knows, everybody who knows me knows, I'm a Disney fanatic. Love Disney. I would be there every day. It brings back my inner child. Not cheap. But, you know, I mean, you give and you take. You give and you take. And then I think uh, the only other trip I think I have planned so far is, is later this summer. Right before September or so, I'm going to go to Minnesota for their state fair. And my one of my best friends, and then obviously I have a lot of family from Minnesota. I say obviously like all of our guests know that. But Sam, you know that, that I have a lot of family in Minnesota. And I've never been to the state fair. I've spent almost every summer of my life there and I've never been to the state fair. So I'm excited to go. It's the second largest state fair in the whole country, right behind the Texas state fair, of course. Um, so I'm excited to go see them and spend some time up there because it's my second home. If the winters weren't so brutal, I probably would have moved there a long time ago. You know, I've heard debates about that though. Like the people in Minnesota are mad about the fact that the Texas State Fair is considered the biggest one when in reality theirs is. And I don't I don't know the statistics behind it, but I just remember seeing like a Twitter thread about it and people were like, Texas only says that theirs is bigger because X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, we're really arguing about state fairs, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, pop off, pop off. Segwaying into my last question for you, Sam. As many of you may know, Sam has beautiful, cute little Corgi. He is a dog dad. Well, I am a dog mom. I have two really cute pitties, and they're the light of my life. They are my children. And, you know, with both of us being, you know, dog parents, obviously we pay attention to the dog food that we're feeding our, our children. So when you're watching a commercial and it mentions that, you know, they've released a new line of new and improved flavors of dog food, do you think someone really tastes that stuff? Or do you think it's totally false advertising? They're just making it up. That somebody taste somebody has to taste it, right? Because like... <laughs> like a human? Unless, like, well, yeah, because otherwise, how do you know what it tastes like? Or... I don't know, like, because, okay, I can't remember, on dog food, it does say, like, it does advertise, it says, like, chicken flavor, right, okay, well, how are you going to know that unless somebody tastes it, right, like, they have to have something, they must be paid, I hope they're paid very well, because that's, <laughs> I, I definitely wouldn't, I would not taste dog food. How much would somebody have to pay you, Sam? To taste dog food? To taste dog food. Yeah. You know, honestly, I, I, I think about it and I'm just like, probably not that much. Okay, so let me let me put it into perspective for you. You know those people that, like, there's those super tall poles and, like, there's people that literally get paid, like, a big, large amount of money to literally go twice a year to go replace those light bulbs, right? So that's the way I'm thinking of it, right? It's like... It's like every quarter they have me come in and, and taste dog food and but but they give me like a huge large sum of money to be able to do that. I'd say like if I had to put it in like salary terms, it'd be like a hundred thousand dollars a year plus. So what like divide that up twenty five grand uh, a pop every every tasting, yeah. Like but but only like four times a year, right? So like do it, you know. That's, I mean, I, I don't know how, like, Every dog tasting. food tasting works or, or how any of that works. And I bet you, watch, there's somebody that actually, like, works in a dog food, like, factory. And they're just like, we, we don't, we don't taste it. We, like, but thank you, thank you for the willingness to, willingness to, per, to participate in, in helping our dogs have tasty food. So basically what you're saying, though, is if, if nobody tastes it, it's false advertising. Because how are they going to know? Yeah, how are they going to know? <laughs> Oh, 100%. But I guess there's like, 
there's a chicken flavoring right but even then if you go back to that it's like there, there has to somebody had to have tasted it to know that it tastes like chicken you can't just assume like what put a definition i don't know i'm i'm getting like too technical and, and philosophical about this maybe maybe i'm like starting to to ramble a bit here all right my last question to you and it, it kind of goes back to a little bit more to, to summer plans because uh you know as as the summer kind of come came on and you said you've already traveled and i i did myself too granted definitely nowhere extravagant i just literally just came back from midland texas where i did my undergrad well actually did my undergrad in odessa but you know tit for tat whatever so i, I what i've been thinking about lately is where else i want to go and i really wanted to take another trip this summer i don't know if if it's going to end up happening because i always say i want to take trips and then i don't do it what are the top five cities in your like on your list that are priority that you want to visit whether it's somewhere you've already been and you just want to go again or somewhere you've never been like top five on your list do they have to be in the u.s no no, no, no. Perfect. I can't guarantee I can name uh, the city, but I can at least name the country. So I, I really do want to go to Washington, D.C. I've heard really great things about it being uh, a lot of fun, you know, very historical. I love museums. I love um, learning about history. So that's someplace I've always wanted to go and I'm kind of surprised that I've never gone to before. Also, they have a lot of free stuff out there, which never hurts, right? <laughs> yeah, like the museums and things like that, like they're free to get into. And, and right now with you know, COVID still kind of being a thing, you have to make reservations and things like that. But it's still free. It's just like a certain time that you get to come in. Orlando, for sure. You know, we kind of already talked about that. But that's, that's always on the list, you know, you know, recurring on the list always I and then of course, me and my best friend really want to go out to to LA to do the Avengers campus, which is only in Disneyland. It's not in Disney World. So I need, you know, to get out there. But flying into LA is not always the cheapest um, to do or staying in LA or eating in LA or anything in LA. <laughs> I would say internationally, though, I really want to go back to Germany, mostly because my sister is still out in Germany. She just recently moved, actually, you know, a couple couple weeks ago, maybe about two weeks ago. She moved from a base. Uh, oh, I should tell my listeners that my sister's in the Air Force, so she's stationed over there. And she was at a base right on the edge of Germany and France. And now she's at a base that's on the edge of Germany and the Netherlands so she's got this cute little house now out there and she's really excited that she's moved to a different base she's ready for the next three years there and you know as soon as she moved I'm like I'm coming but every time I look at tickets they're like $1,500 and I'm like I'm coming eventually I will, I will get out there eventually <laughs> if anybody on here knows what hopper is it's like an app where you can like watch flights and the the prices change and it like notifies you so I've got my hopper app set for literally every city that's within 100 miles of her trying to you know figure out where the best price is going to be to fly in I think last I really 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 want to go to Barcelona and I know that sounds so cliche because everyone's been to Barcelona but everybody's been to Barcelona but me I have not been <laughs> and I've traveled a lot, but that is not a place that I have had the opportunity to go to yet. So I'm, I'm really excited to get back over to Europe and be able to do that. But of course, since COVID has, has kind of been a thing, it's, I've had to take down my traveling a little bit, which 
has not been fun for me. Made me so sad. I'm ready to start adding back to my countries. So I'm looking to get that started, but I'm waiting for things to be to be cheaper. Cause no, a hundred percent. The other day I was looking for flights to Nashville, and it was like four hundred dollars round trip. No, almost five hundred dollars round trip. And I was like, why would I pay five hundred dollars to like fly domestically? That's not like <laughs> like no, I don't think so. And so I've I've actually been tracking Nashville flights, but don't look like they're going to go down for the dates that I put them at. So, oh, well, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep dreaming. <laughs> we'll keep dreaming. All right. Well, that, that brings us to the end of our little icebreaker segment. Jess, thank you for your questions and for answering my questions. Now we're going to go ahead and transition and talk a little bit more about just this podcast. Like, how do we do it? Don't go away, y'all. We're going to go to a quick break and we'll be right back. Texas 512 is part of the Texas Podcast Network, the conversations changing the world. Brought to you by the University of Texas at Austin. The opinions expressed in this podcast represent the views of the hosts and not the University of Texas at Austin. All right, and we are back. So I'll go ahead and kick things off really quickly. So just to kind of give people a bit of a refresher as to how this podcast started, because let, let me put it into perspective, right? So if you go to the Texas 512 page on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to, and you scroll all the way back to the first two episodes, introducing Texas 512 and Miguel and Raymond. Those were our first two episodes, which actually the introducing was just kind of like a trailer. And that is actually, if y'all hear our intro, <laughs> if you're new and you you haven't been listening that far back, if you hear that intro where I'm like talking, where again, I hate listening to myself talk. So hearing that intro every time we do this, is always very difficult for me. But that, that was our original episode. Like that was the opening line that I had um, for introducing the podcast, right? And so, uh, but the point that I'm trying to make here is that you'll see on there that the, the day that they were uploaded was November, not the exact date, but it says that it was uploaded in November, 2020. Um, so if you think back, we were still in a pandemic. Granted, things were getting a tiny bit better, but us in offices of admissions, we were not traveling, which is something that we usually do. And so, you know, back in 2019, whenever I was talking to my boss, Raymond, who again was one of the first guests and is our executive producer, he kind of had brought up the idea of wanting to start a podcast and, and he had, you know, he had mentioned it, but then it just never came back up until like around September or October of 2020 whenever we were in a pandemic and he said do you want to start a podcast and so the pandemic was the reason why it kind of just pushed us over the edge and we were finally like okay like let's do it let's let's do it and at first it was going to be kind of like an experimental thing see if it would even you know if, if we would even get attention for this and ever since then you know y'all have actually been listening we've had a lot of great guests on and so it i think is a fantastic way for us to be able to reach our our students or really anybody who's listening or, or who likes to listen to podcasts about higher ed or, or different universities, it's just an easy thing to do, right? So Jess, I don't know if you want to kind of talk a little bit more about why a podcast is, is, you know, why it's become such a viable source of information. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we can all agree that podcasts have kind of blown up these last couple years, especially during the COVID pandemic. I think they from 2018 to now they've gone from something like 550,000 to 2.5 million podcasts out there. So there's literally something 
for everybody. I know I, myself, and you as well, Sam, we both listen to podcasts a lot when we're traveling back and forth from our schools. When I went to Georgia this weekend, I listened to podcasts on my way out there. You know, it passes the time. It's entertaining. Um, something that keeps us engaged along our way to wherever we might be going. And everything we're going to talk about kind of in this episode, it's geared a little bit towards, you know, the academic world and kind of what we do, but really anybody who's interested in creating a podcast or kind of knowing more about the structure of podcasts, you can implement this in, you know, podcasts that you're making on your own. Like Sam, I know you, you know, have your own podcast. Do you want to plug that in for our listeners? I do. And I don't, because if there's prospective students listening and it's because my podcast, I'm going to, I'm a completely different, (laughs) so not completely different person but let's just say i'm a little less professional in my other one but I'll, I'll talk about what you know obviously i like to talk about country music if y'all have not gotten that hint and i just like to talk about it with other people and i feel like i i don't have people in my friend group that are as like into it as as i am um besides like my best friend and so i just needed somewhere to like kind of put my thoughts out and so i started my own podcast and i did it for fun i didn't really even do it to to try to like gain a, a huge audience and and basically quit my day job or anything like that. I was just kind of doing it for fun. And so it was easy. It was easy to start it. And so this, this if anything, I, I think hopefully encourages other people, like whether it's, it's, you know, in admissions or outside of admissions or outside of higher ed, and you're just, you know, thinking about starting it, just know that, that it is absolutely possible. There's just obviously different ways to approach it. And so, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about our process here in a bit, but just know that like, we're not saying that our process is like the, the only way to do it. It's not like the cookie cutter way to do it. There's plenty of YouTube videos out there of other people who use different software, uh, have a different process and, and they, you know, and they have their own way of doing it or you'll, and you may have the same, a different or same way of doing things. So anyways, continue Jess. Yeah, so there's really four main reasons why we decided to start a podcast, why we felt like it would be a good recruitment tool for our students and uh, not just prospective students, but also to just kind of get UT and get everything Austin out into the community and for people to know more about us and know more about not just what the university has to offer, but what everything that surrounds the city of Austin has to offer. So first, you know, we created a podcast because it allows us to connect with every generation, whether, you know, you're in high school or you're a current college student or you're somebody who commutes to work or, you know, maybe you're retired now and you just like to sit back and drink your lemonade and listen to podcasts. Every single person has something out there that they can connect with, that they enjoy listening to. And podcasts are a really great way to be able to catch the attention of listeners. Um, It's very easily accessible for people. You know, podcasts are everywhere. So anytime that you're in the car, anytime you're hopefully not in class, but maybe like in the hallway uh, between your classes or you've got an off period or whatever that looks like for you, you have that ability to be able to listen to a podcast. If you want to catch something really quick or you're you know wanting to pass the time it's really easy to be able to allow yourself to have something that's entertaining have something that's educational have something that you're going to be able to get notable information out of that maybe you're looking for and we've really found that a lot of our audience members 
they learn different things about UT Austin and about what the city of Austin has to offer that they didn't even know before, or maybe even didn't think to look up just because we decided to have that guest on the podcast. So it's a really cool way to reach out to every generation. It also ends up being a really good thing for our job also, because especially with me being that I'm like the host and I'm the one directly listening to these folks. And I've said it before in the podcast is I straight up tell people like, you know what, I didn't know this. And this is going to be great for, for whenever I talk to students next because now I have more information to give them, right? So this is even like a good tool for your own admissions office, right? Like if you want to collect a library of, you know, useful things to like share with with your staff members and be like, you can talk about this whenever you're at a college fair or so on and so forth. Like it's it's a fantastic way to easily collect that information, right? But, um, but that kind of segues into another reason why we do it and just kind of already started to allude to it is that it's just, it's just easily accessible. Like you can get a podcast... So you can get a podcast anywhere, right? Like you on this computer where we're recording this right now, there's the Spotify app. You can go onto Apple podcasts online. You could go to Amazon, Google, whatever. Most smart TVs also have like Spotify on there as well. So you can actually stream podcasts from your smart TV or your playstations and Xboxes. And most importantly, your cell phone that right? Like everybody at this point, most people have a cell phone. And so it's so easy to just be able to boot up your favorite podcast and listen to it, right? As Jess said, and you can listen to it anywhere. Um, for us, like obviously commuting and traveling, that's a big thing. And so that's where we're able to digest digest those things, right? So you don't have to like sit down at your computer and watch this whole video when it's like right easy on your phone. You could just put it in your headphones, right? But also it's, it's cost effective, right? Um, and, and I know... Uh, Jess, usually you did this part whenever we, we did the presentation, but whenever we first started the podcast, we, we were just on Zoom and, and that's free to use. Well, in, in most cases, right? But that's pretty much free to use. I started off by just using the microphone on the computer and the set of headphones just to make sure that it sounded okay, right? That I wasn't getting any like uh, reverb or whatever. And then eventually... Um, our office decided to purchase me a mic that was maybe like 30, 20, 30 dollars, somewhere around that range. But then I decided to get my own because I wanted to obviously use it in the future, right? And and so, but it really didn't cost that much, right? Like you could start off with just those 30 dollars and make that go a long, long way, right? Like you don't have to invest so much of your budget into fancy equipment. You can get started with at, at basically zero dollar cost. And then eventually, if you want to improve the quality, you want to, you know, make it easier to edit, you want to make sure that your sound is better, like whenever we upgraded from Zoom to Riverside, then you can start investing on it little by little, but it doesn't have to be a big upfront cost either. Yeah. And even with Texas 512, I mean, we've been doing this for, you know, roughly about a year and a half now. And I'd say we've probably invested... (laughs) a couple hundred dollars in it. And, uh, you know, I think it sounds great. Sam always sounds great when we release episodes. So it's such a small amount to invest in something that could reach, you know, thousands of people once it gets, you know, more popular. And once you get your name out there a little bit more, it really gives people the opportunity to kind of test the waters, you know, see if this is something that's going to be good for your office, see if this is something that's going to work for you. And then if you decide that you want to invest a little bit more in it, it's still going to be very cost effective. And as we kind of talked about it at the conference that we did or the presentation that we did at the conference, 
you know, if you can invest $30, if you can invest $300 and reach an extra thousand, 2000 kids, why wouldn't you, right? Why wouldn't you want to take that opportunity and try something new? I'll definitely talk a little bit more about some of the equipment and software that we use later, because I'm sure a lot of y'all are probably curious. And I did kind of name drop Riverside FM there just a second ago. And uh, uh, but we, which, by the way, full transparency, we're not sponsored by any of the things that we are talking about today. I don't know how sponsorships. I know I, I talk I jokingly talk about sponsorships and, and Red Bull like still waiting for Red Bull to sponsor me and send me some free stuff. But but anything that I've mentioned right now, it, we're not sponsored by it, but but we do stand by the products because they've been, they've been fantastic. Like I currently use a Blue Yeti microphone that I got it on sale. So it only cost me about $130, $120 or so. Um, but again, you can get a, a cheap microphone from Amazon for about $30 and it, it will sound fantastic, right? Um, now, kind of wanted to transition a little bit more into the structure um, by, again, reminding y'all that it used to be that this podcast was only basically run by two people, right? It was it was myself and it was Raymond, my, my boss. And you, you've heard Raymond come on some episodes before and he used to be the one that would log on to every single session and make sure that everything was sounding. I was like, hey, like he used to be the editor. He used to be the one that would upload everything to all the stuff. And I would write my own scripts. I would you know, reach out to the guests uh, with the help of our administrative assistant. So technically it was a three, it was a three person um, operation that we had going on. Um, And eventually we expanded the team and that has been such a huge blessing. So let me, let me tell y'all that dream, dream work makes the team, (laughs) the teamwork, teamwork makes the dream work. Uh, It it really is uh, so much easier when you have multiple people on on hand to, to help you out with things it just streamlines things it, it it is allows you to focus on your designated job and be able to do your job really well right so you know we we have someone else that now only does editing and that's eric and he's you know sometimes been mentioned on the podcast before uh jess is is my producer and she'll occasionally work with some of the communications as well as you know getting me the script uh, for that for that episode and and but in addition to her we also have two other people that are reaching out and scheduling things as well and then of course we have our executive producer to kind of basically just say yay or nay to things and and to make to pull the trigger and finally post it on on anchor.fm and then that basically goes and puts again not sponsored and then it goes to all of the different podcast platforms where you can listen to things right so having a team has been such an uh, again a blessing uh, because it has just, again, made my life so much easier and has made me be able to just focus on like, okay, how can I be the best host to my guests? Yeah, and there's definitely some things you want to think about when you're building your team. Sam kind of went through the structure of how we have our team and, and what that looks like. But when you're choosing a host or a producer, there are certain attributes that you want them to have or that you feel like they're going to be able to develop to really keep your audience engaged and keep your audience excited about coming through. So of course, you're going to want your host to be personable. And I know you all know our host, Sam Torres, the host of the most who is extremely personable. Our guests love him. But you want someone who's going to really make your guests feel comfortable and is going to make your listeners feel entertained and want to come back to the show. Your producer is someone that you want to be innovative and creative and has the ability to think outside the box and keeps your show interesting. And as Sam mentioned, we do have 
you know, two producers, myself and our executive producer, Raymond Blakely, who uh, Sam mentioned is our boss, but he's actually our boss's boss. Uh, so no, no pressure, you guys. Raymond, if you're listening to this, we love you. And uh, we hope you like this episode. And then continuing on to you're wanting your schedulers to have good communication because they're the ones who are going to be reaching out to your guests. They're the ones who are going to be getting them excited about being on the show and wanting to be on the show because of course not everybody that you reach out to is going to feel like this is a good platform for them or something that they're they're ready to do so you want to make sure that you have schedulers who have that good communication and time management skills and then of course your editor needs to be someone who either has experience or is eager and willing to learn how to do all of the editing. I'll tell you that our editor, Eric Munoz, is wonderful. He is such a great editor, but previous to this podcast, he didn't have any experience with it. He learned it all on his own. So not only are we very proud of him, but we're also very thankful for him for taking the time because I will say that that is definitely not where Sam and I uh, have the best experience or knowledge in at all. And I definitely don't have the patience for that either. So so editing, I swear, like whenever I'm doing my own podcast, I try to get like a perfect take like right off the bat. And if not, I'm just like, it's uncut. It's genuine. This is how I like it. Okay. But that's just me masking the fact that I'm just, you know, not, not patient enough for that. But, but, you know, just to kind of change gears here, you also want to make sure that you find like your focus, right? Your brand or your niche or whatever it is that you want to talk about, right? In, in, in terms of like, let's think just higher education for a second. Obviously, like we're an admissions podcast, but we didn't want to solely focus on just talking about admissions related things, right? Like there's only so much that you can say about admissions. And that's why we have a tips and tricks episode with our, our vice provost for admissions and direct I his his title is is much different than it was whenever I first started he used to be the executive director of admissions but but he's now at vice provost level uh Dr. Miguel Vachaleski we've had him on before and he gave tips and tricks to students on on how you know they can complete their applications and you know what what to think about when you're applying to to UT but we really wanted to focus more of course on just highlighting the amazing things that are at at you know in UT Austin, we only have so much time in our presentations to talk about all the freaking amazing things that there are at this university. We only have so much time at college fairs and we also have only so much information as well, right? Like I said earlier, like this podcast has helped me with my job because it's given me more to, to talk about with students, but but this also gives me more time, right? Like, so if at any point there's a student who's just like, oh, I want to know more about your uh, astronomy program. I'm like, well, I have a podcast episode on that. You can hear that's directly from the people themselves, right? And so um, it's, it's really cool, but Again, the the important thing is that you just need to to find your focus, right? Whether you are in admissions, whether you are in student affairs, what, or if you're somebody listening from the outside of the higher ed, you know, world, you know, find find what you want to focus on, right? Like my personal podcast that I'm doing, it's it's about country music, right? That's that's the focus. Develop your brand or or just develop your podcast off of that that particular focus. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, you want to think about the guests that you're going to be bringing on. You want to think about what kind of messages that you want to send to your audience and what kind of things you want them to know about your institution. So when you're selecting guests to come on, you want to focus on those that are going to be engaging and that our subjects, your audience is going to be interested in knowing more about. Now, of course, I mentioned a little bit earlier that 
you're probably going to have students or listeners who are going to learn new things about your institution. And that's what you want, right? You want them to learn about things that they may not think about asking questions about. But you also want them to learn about things that are going to uh, relate to them, right? That are going to correlate to something that they would actually experience at your institution or they would experience in the city that your institution's in. And of course, here at UT Austin, we highlight things about the campus. We highlight things about the resources, about academic programs, the different alumni that we have, the city of Austin. But each of our universities is unique and different. We all have different things to offer to our students. And you want to highlight that. You want to show what sets our university apart. So our podcast isn't just about recruiting students in. You know, it's about providing students with the additional resources and information that they need to make an informed decision about the university. And then also with your guests, you want to think about not only who you're going to bring on, but planning the different times of year that maybe you are having specific programming. You know, if you're having free events on your campus, if you're going to be having uh, holiday celebrations, if you're going to have things that are open to the public, those are all great things that you want to let students know about because that's an opportunity for them to come visit your campus. That's an opportunity for them to engage with your campus. And then also as you are starting your podcast, as it you know is going to be something new for you, don't feel bad if you're not getting those A-list people on your podcast right away. You know, uh, it took a long time for us to build this podcast and we're still not cool enough to have everybody that we'd like to have on the podcast. And we've been around for a year and a half, but we know that we're going to get to that level and we're going to bring on all those guests that we want, you know, we want our students to be able to interact with. We want our students to hear from. Um, for example, as many as you probably know, Matthew McConaughey is a faculty member on our campus in our radio, television, and film program. And we have reached out many times and we just, you know, we're just not cool enough yet. But it's okay because we are going to be cool enough one day for him to come on our podcast and to speak to the students. So uh, don't feel, you know, deter if it takes you some time to, to get to that level or if it takes you some time to be able to produce some of the episodes that you want. They will come with time and experience. Hashtag get McConaughey on Texas 512. <laughs> Am I right? Please and thank you. Yes, yes please. please and thank you. <laughs> Tag Matthew. Send this to him. Send this to his PR team. To to what's the name of his what? Camila, right? Camila McConaughey. <laughs> Send it to her. Maybe she'll she'll respond to our inquiries because we need to get him on. We need to talk about the Moody Center. And we need to talk about why he does the hook on backwards. <laughs> we just I have questions, Matthew. I have questions. <laughs> Speaking of, of scheduling things, uh, kind of going back to, to talking about our team, you want to make sure that whoever's in charge of scheduling, or if it's you that's scheduling, you want to make sure that, that they're very well organized uh, and that they, of course, have access to your host's calendar, right? So uh, again, very blessed to have the two schedulers that I have, and, and they're very accommodating with, you know, offering our guests multiple times, giving me, you know, heads up like, hey, I've got somebody coming in at this time. And and so, you know, considering, you know, all of us all have jobs like outside of the podcast, like it's it's just really important that, you know, we make sure that we're making things convenient, not just for for the host, but also for 
the guest as well. And especially if you're getting some of those those A-list guests as well, right? Like their their time is very, very valuable. And one thing that I if y'all have noticed that basically almost every single episode, I thank my guests for their time because a lot of times they are super, super busy people. Like they wear, uh, folks don't realize it very much, but folks in higher ed tend to wear multiple hats. Okay, they, they tend to do more than one job. And and uh, I know a lot of, of faculty members that are also deans and administrators. So on top of teaching their classes, they have to go back and do a certain amount of office hours, sign paperwork, et cetera, et cetera, right? Shout out Dr. Reddick, one of our first guests, as he will probably be having a full plate this fall um, with a lot of work that's going to come with being the vice provost for enrollment management and the school of undergrad and the dean of school of undergraduate studies. And I believe he is still going to be teaching in the College of Education. So yeah, no, again, moral of the story is that you just want to make sure that you have schedulers that are organized, really know how to utilize a calendar, whether that's the Outlook calendar, whether that's Google calendars, whatever calendar, and, and one that just, you know, just make sure that they're able to keep track of times and availability. I just have to say, Dr. Reddick, hashtag goals if you're listening to this, because you amaze me. I hope to be as amazing as you are one day, because I don't know how you do it, but definitely uh, something to strive for, for sure. He definitely is always, always super incredible every time we meet him, every time we see him. Um, and then, you know, like our second to last kind of in our structure is going to be your scripts. I might be a little bit biased, <laughs> but this is my favorite part because this is what I actually get to do. So as many of you know, I am not the voice that you hear on the podcast on most days, except for today. I get to do the scripts behind the scene. And that really gives me the opportunity to let some of my creative juices flow. It's great for the podcast, but I also feel like it makes me a better admissions counselor because I'm constantly thinking of new ideas. I'm constantly thinking of how to interact with students and how to engage these students. And when we're creating our scripts, it's really just to give an outline to our guests that we're going to have. It's not followed word for word by any means. We just want our guests to kind of know what to expect to talk about in the episode. Our shows are kind of broken down into four different segments. We have an introduction, we have our fun segment, information, um, and then of course an ending plug. And any of you guys who have been listeners before, you've probably heard or you can probably deduce these different sections now that you know that's what we do if you go back and listen to any of our previous episodes. But we also like to keep our show authentic. So we never share the fun segment with our guests. Of course, we let them know that it's going to happen, but we never share the questions because we want them to be surprised. We want them to not have those rehearsed answers. We really want them to have fun with it. Just as much as we want you guys, you know, to be engaged and, and have fun hearing it, we want them to have fun while they're on the show. And I may arguably say, um, and Singham, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we really like to focus on our fun segment the most. <laughs> That's probably what I spend the most of my time on, and it's because it's it's what really hooks our audience. It's what really is that first statement that starts to engage those people. Because we all know, you know, if somebody's not engaged in the beginning, I'm sure that you probably uh, have seen this in presentations that you've given. If students are bored within the first five minutes, then they're going to be bored the rest of it. And they're probably not going to uh, really hear everything that you're saying. Or, you know, maybe they may ask questions about things that you already went over because they're not as engaged as they could be. 
So in your podcast, that's really your opportunity to be like fun questions, make your audience laugh, make them want to keep listening so that they're engaged when you start to get to that informative section. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I have an 18-year-old nephew. Yes, believe it or not. (laughs) I have an 8-year-old nephew. He's about to graduate from high school. He's actually graduating next week, so super proud of him. And he's very intelligent, very intelligent young man. But I will tell you that if he's not engaged in something in the first five minutes, it's over. We've lost him. He's moved on to something else. Uh, So we definitely encourage you to find a way to hook your audience in in the beginning. For sure. And I know I feel like I've definitely mentioned this on the podcast before, but another reason we have like that fun segment is to really like humanize our guests, right? Because a, a lot of times I feel like, like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, students, but sometimes maybe you see somebody like with this fancy title, aka like go back to our first episode with, with Miguel, right? Like Do- Dr. Miguel Vasileski, the executive director of admissions at the time and now vice provost and director of admissions, right? And so you hear that and it's just like, oh, scary man, right? Like this is, this is the person that is emailing you and letting you know your admission decision, right? But then you go back to that first episode and you, you hear him and I talking about what makes the difference between a talk and a burrito and him telling me about you know that the valley has the best tacos you know ever which i i can't argue with that the valley kind of has us beat on a lot of that kind of stuff you know it it goes to show you that like these people aren't just their jobs it's like they're actually humans outside of that as well right like whenever i had dr reddick on and he he did trivia and and you know maybe he needs a rematch on that one but again it just humanizes those people right um and i hope that whenever we have faculty members on and and you know they're super open-minded to like like the things that we talk about that that will kind of encourage students who maybe are like afraid to take that person's class to kind of go ahead and just take it because you see that that professor has personality you know which a lot of the staff and faculty at our university have great personalities and they're easy to talk to right so it makes it a little less intimidating also but now getting into probably the thing that a lot of people have questions about is how like what are you using what kind of platforms what software right so i've already talked about riverside fm not sponsored again these folks are, are here you can, it's basically like it's kind of like zoom uh, it's a little bit more sophisticated what what happens here is that you know it, it does have video recording but obviously we're an audio only podcast so you never see it and then here it'll record every single person's track individually so it makes it much easier for editing right There's a couple of other features here and there but obviously i don't know a whole lot about it as not because I'm not the one that's running it behind the scenes. We also use Adobe Premiere, I think is the name of the editing software. I might be totally wrong on that one, but I think that's what it is. And that's, you know, how we edit. But of course, if, if you have something like GarageBand or I want to say Windows Movie Maker is still a thing. I don't remember if they started removing that from computers, but but I know that there's plenty of free editing software that you can use, like Audacity. That's another one that I know that is completely free that people can use that you're able to uh, cut up audio um, very easily. You can use Audacity. You can use Zoom. That's where we first started off, right? Like, And Zoom has the ability for you to just download the audio and not the video, right? Makes things a lot easier. And then, of course, as I mentioned, we upload all of our episodes onto anchor.fm and so this makes it easy for us to distribute the podcast to multiple platforms at once right so once you upload it to anchor anchor actually has a couple of features for you to edit it as well so if you want to continue using free software you can actually record and edit your audio 
on anchor.fm, add music to it, a bunch of other stuff. And then again, they take care of all the hard work of uploading it to all the different podcasts and everything. It's super easy to use, right? Uh, but again, these things that I've, I've just mentioned right now, including earlier whenever I was talking about the microphone, about Riverside, you know, Anchor, whatever, there's multiple things that you can do and there's not one right way to do it, right? So it's, it's really easy to get started. And it's just a matter of, I guess, having that like patience of learning new things, have building a great team that all has different strengths and, and uh, just having the, the consistency to continue to do it. Right. Because it's one thing to put one episode out and then just being one and done. One thing that I'm super happy about is that we've been consistent and that we continue to upload it. Right. So we're establishing a presence and now we've got thousands of you listening in every week. So I, I really appreciate if you're a student, prospective student, current student, whatever, and you've listened to this podcast before, I really, really sincerely appreciate it. And then Jess, I don't know if you have anything else to add. <laughs> yes, I know that Sam, Sam and I can talk, but we really hope that this gave you guys a chance to learn more about how to create your own podcast. And for our other admissions professionals out there, just learned a little bit more about how this could be a good resource for you. Please feel free to reach out to us if you do have questions. We'll make sure to post our contact information in the bottom of our post when we do release it so that you guys can reach out to us if you do have questions at all. You know, I always tell Sam this and my other colleagues about this, that we are representatives for UT Austin. And of course, we love UT Austin, but our job and our goal is to help students take that next step into higher education, um, whatever that looks like for them. So we're happy to help in any way that we can. And I think I'm going to steal Sam's thunder a little bit and, you know, say that this is the end of our episode on how do we do it here at Texas 512. So, you know, Sam, just like everybody always has to put a plug in, what's on your heart and what's on your mind, Sam? I've actually done a plug before, back whenever Raymond did the interview of me. So it's funny doing it one more time. So my plug is uh, Stream Right on Time by Lindsay L., the love of my life. But also if you're just a, if, if you're an admissions professional, I want, I do want to go ahead and, and plug again, not sponsor, but I do want to plug Riverside FM because this platform has just been so incredible and it's been, it, it's made things so easy for all of us. And it's been great. The audio quality always comes out great. Again, not sponsored. Also want to shout out blue, uh, blue microphones. Uh, I love this mic so much. I don't just use it for podcasting. I use it for other things as well, like gaming. It's really great. It's been really handy. So yeah, those are my three plugs. Stream right on time by Lindsay L. Riverside, use Riverside FM. Uh, <laughs> use blue microphones and and drink Red Bull. <laughs> and what about you, Jeff? What is your plug? What is on your heart and what is on your mind? So mine's going to be on a little bit more of a personal note, but I got three three little plugs to throw in there as well. First, whether you are graduating from high school or you are graduating from college in the next couple of weeks, a huge congratulations to the class of 2022. So proud of you guys. Such a wonderful accomplishment. And we wish you all the best of luck in the next steps, whether that be in your educational endeavors or your professional endeavors. Second, it is starting to get very hot and sunny out there. So please wear your sunscreen. Shout out to Neutrogena. They have the best sunscreen out there. I 
preach to them because I have very fair skin and I burn very, very easily, just as my husband. And I don't tan, I burn. So Neutrogena is the only thing that has ever worked for me. And then three, with everything, you know, that is going on out there, just please remember to hug your loved ones. Please remember to hold your uh, loved ones close. Tell them you love them every time that you can and be thankful for the time that you get to spend with them. Wholesome ending indeed. And that brings us to the end of another episode of Texas 512. And conveniently enough, Jess did say that it is hot. So really, really listen to my exit statement today, y'all. Stay cool. Cool. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. And hook them horns. Hook them horns. horns. <laughs>